0: Hear us here in the host of the hour first to follow the fox named neve with books laid before the bear named m to read and retire around the long fire
1: we're back we finished another one yeah the biggest one we've done is... so far
0: yeah um we're gonna do uh nyala next running nyala saga um that i i am fairly certain is the longest so- like single saga that exists
1: okay um it's weird because like i got the book right and the book seems the book seems very approachable i'm like this doesn't need that big i haven't opened it i don't even know what size print it is <laughs> um yeah but i it's been I on mean, my desk for months now
0: i feel like just glancing at these there's maybe a little bit less per page than the the big tome we have okay um and it's like 300 pages mm-hmm. yeah um like 350
1: i have to say i was reading the end of this uh on sunday i went to the cigar shop as i want to do every couple weeks and getting doing getting my reading done and i have never had more people stop and ask me what the hell i was reading when than when i break out <laughs> this enormous tome of a book
0: yeah um i've had it with both this and then uh I had to go to the dentist once, and it was before we actually started the podcast, mm. uh, but I was rereading this, like, uh, huge tome that's the history of Icelandic literature, because I wanted to, like, refresh myself on some stuff around sagas, mm. um, and everybody was just like, what are you carrying? Because like, <laughs> um, that book is, is, I think, even bigger than this. It's hardcover, at least, so, like, it looks more impressive. Yeah. Um,
1: that's why I found out that one of the people at that place had one of those classical educations where you, like learn ain't greek enough to read like greek myths in greek i'm like man i fucking cartoon literature education you've got there um <laughs> i'm like how can anyone still be alive that grew up like this just all oh, study yeah. the language and then read the i think it was uh the uh and maybe was the one anyway i don't remember i was only half paying attention i was trying to get through the book
0: <laughs> yeah my mine was like because uh, I did have a little bit that was focused on sagas um, in undergrad, um, and it was not like we we have to learn the language, but I was already independently learning some Icelandic. Uh, so one of the things that I did is a, it's like a very short saga, uh, but I read through that one um, entirely uh, and kind of did like a very rough translation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but... There's a translation, there's like a easy to get translation of that one now, so we might do it at some point. Uh, I enjoyed a lot, and I think some of it is just I've read it in, you know, Icelandic now. Um, but uh, yeah, the rest is I have Icelandic copies of this one, uh, Lux Diala Saga, as well as um, Njal Saga. Uh, but I've not read through all of them mm-hmm. entirely. I just sometimes use it for like. Uh, there are a few times where I would compare to try and see how should I be saying this name. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I realized is uh, it might be "bully." You might get a little bit of like a glottal stop in mm-hmm. "bully," um, but it, it feels so weird to me. I feel like I've just known this name as "bully" for too, <laughs> for too long.
1: Yeah,
0: because oh, this is one of the first ones that I ever read, and the name basically only appears here, or it's like the only notable time. Oh, okay. Um, anyway. I don't know if we want to just get into it. We might as well. We've got a lot of saga. Yeah. I tried to take uh fairly like short notes, so I feel like I'm excising a little bit more than I sometimes do here. That's fine. Um, I feel like there's a lot we'll, here
1: that I don't have that strong opinion about because there's things in here that I have infinite opinion about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some things that are really good, and then there's some... I feel like we... This happens sometimes in sagas, like, we had a big jumble collection of stories, um, and sometimes you didn't quite know exactly how they were all relating. And some of them did come back, and some of them didn't. Um, and then you get, like, this main, like, really the the main thrust of the, the saga is, like, what we read last time, with all the, you know, uh, bully and carton and all of that stuff. Yes, um,
1: that, that is correct. However uh i love it when seven guys get together to do some like frontier justice
0: (laughs) yeah so there's some great stuff in here but this also feels more like you're then falling into a collection of stories where some of it's kind of tied into what happened and then it starts kind of falling apart as it's like uh here's this other story that's like loosely related to somebody who's descended from this line or whatever yes um and some of those I I extremely glided over because I remember them not being important. Yeah, so. we should we should get into that. Um, yeah. So um, we get introduced to a man named Thorgil's uh, Thorgil's Hosen. Um So as a note, just to uh, make it clear, so his mother, which is what he has like, he has a matronymic rather than patronymic name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's named after his mother. Uh, his mother is the daughter of Gester, who appeared as the Odinic figure and will kind of occasionally come back throughout this. Okay. Um, but uh, just getting some of those relations here. Um, and uh, he offers to have Guthrin's, uh son Thorlaker stay with him uh, and basically learn the law from him. Uh, we also get introduced to this guy named Thorkell um And... He is getting revenge against Grimir on behalf of a man named Aether of Auser um, for killing his son. We we kind of get the story here. I don't know how much we want to go into it, but. Uh, uh, he does
1: just fucking. This is the one where he just murders the kid for no good
0: reason, right? Um. Yeah. 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 There, there are a couple like uh, wild child slangs in what we read. Uh, but yeah, this one is like, it doesn't even really make sense. I don't understand why he killed this kid. Um,
1: I want to... Where's this... What page is this? I am want to, like... Because it just is so out of the blue. Just, like, what if a kid's vibes were fine, but I fucking hated him anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. So... I think it's just, like, on... Like, it's the very beginning of 57, I think. We quickly get introduced to these people. So, yeah, Niao was drowned. Um, Did they even say the name of the kid? I think it's just the son of Eighth. Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah. I don't know if
1: this is the one where you... No, this is not the one I'm thinking of, because there's one where it's specifically, like... There's a... This eight-year-old kid just gets got for no good reason.
0: Yeah. Um, But anyway, Thor Kettle... That might actually uh, be in the Bully
1: bully Saga. Might be.
0: Yeah, there there is a... um, That's the one that's, like, in exchange for the bowl or whatever. It's just, like, really ridiculous. Yes. Um, No, that is what I'm thinking Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, Anyway, uh, so Thor Kettle is going to get revenge against gringer yeah um he uh we learn has this sword called skuffninger um and it has special conditions the sun cannot shine on its hilt it may not be drawn in the presence of a woman and wounds inflicted by it uh can only be healed with an accompanying healing stone um i think this is weird in the saga because like those first two don't really come up i feel like yes (laughs) Uh, but the wounds does um so when Thorkettle goes to to kill grimir um he's overcome like grimir uh you know tackles him and uh basically has his life in his hands, uh but then says, I'll spare your life um Thorkettle then uses the stone to heal the wound that he inflicted, otherwise it would just keep bleeding um and then the two of them go to Snorri the gothi, who's gonna be a a fairly big figure throughout this section mm-hmm. um. And he's like, you should treat uh, Grimmyr generously. Uh, also, you should marry Gluthern, and I'm going to, like, uh, you know, orchestrate a bunch of stuff here. Um, I think Thorkel must not know the, the dream that Lutheran had, because he's hesitant, but not because he's like... She did have a, a dream about her husband dying, uh, but just because she's like... Or he's like, she's probably going to want to seek revenge for Bully, and I don't really want to do that.
1: Yeah, guess what? He was right. Um, he was right to be aware of yeah. this.
0: Yeah. Um, So Snorri says, uh, well, I have an idea. Go travel abroad for a year. Um, I have a feeling that when you get back, it'll all be sorted out. Um, And then you'll get married to Guthern. Um, And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll take you up on this deal. Um, So Snorri helps Grimir relocate uh, to the West. And uh, he's out of the saga um, and Thoracaddle goes traveling. Yes. Um <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> Vutheran oh, I take, made a uh, are you You got I think I I had one note here. Okay. Let me see if this is um Oh, I so I made a note here cuz I thought this was kind of interesting. At the very end of 58, uh in a way that like they haven't always done in the saga, there's a part where they specifically say this scene will now be left for a while, and the third will be taken up once more in Iceland, with news of the events taking place when Thorkell was abroad. Yes. Um, it just becomes, like, interesting, because up till that point, I feel like we get a few other moments where they start talking about, we're going to jump back to what's happening here. Mm. Um, and I, I just feel like that hadn't happened really before. They just, like, jumped around freely. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, meanwhile. <laughs> Do you have anything for
1: 59? Because um, I, I just want to get to 60, where uh Vythrin throws
0: down um, yeah so notes i have uh bully bullison is 12 now yes um and he has a leg biter yes um and lutheran summons snorri to discuss revenge for her husband Bully's killing so i may have skipped a bunch here there's a lot of like of that comes up.
1: who's gonna do it no one wants to yeah there's a lot of like political capital to get blown by killing some guys that won't bring your husband back uh not, you really like heedless to do this and she's like yeah but i still want to
0: yeah. Um, and I'm
1: and he, like, you didn't even says, like that motherfucker that much. Chill out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, don't take revenge on the Olesons because they're high-ranking men. Like, nothing good will come from that. Yeah. Um, instead, we'll try to resolve this feud. If you really want to kill someone, um, here's the plan. You're going to go get uh, Lombi and Thorstein, who both uh, assisted in the attack. Um, and you're going to have them help as their, like, payment for assisting you're gonna have them help uh kill Helgi, uh, who's the one who had the like big fuck off spear and stabbed, uh, bully and his like guts were hanging out. Um, so uh, the the one catch here is that Thorgil's um, which first guy we got introduced right. Holisson, um, he will only lead the attack if Guthrun promises to marry him. And the is like, ah, I've a I've a trick. Say that you will marry no other man in the country. And that you also won't go abroad and get married there. Um, because I know this sweet guy named Thorkell. Uh, I want you to marry him. And he's currently traveling abroad. But he's going to come back next year. And so technically you're not lying. Make sure you have witnesses when you say this. Make sure the witnesses aren't uh, Thorgil's crafty brother. His steward brother can come. But not his crafty one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Then we get uh, Gluthrone showing her sons the bloody clothes from bully's murder she she which, takes
1: them out to the garden the leek. 12 garden, years specifically <laughs> the leak garden and lays out the bloody clothes of their father and be like and is like if this does not inspire murderous fury in you i wash my hands of you get out of here my useless children yeah <laughs> and they're like oh well, uh, we're 12 what do you want us to do what would you have yeah. me do <laughs> And she's like, yeah, "ISIS I think... motherfucker! I've got guys coming yeah. <laughs> to help you out. Don't worry about it.
0: We've already got a plan. Uh, we're we're, we're like we're gonna trick Thorgil's. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go get Thorstein and Lombi. Um, it's all gonna work out. Uh, yeah. I I was just struck by like, uh, Bully is born after his father Bully dies. Yes. So it is. Been she's been holding on to these bloody clothes for twelve years. Yes. To, <laughs> to do this. Yes. Um. Anyway, they do, they go out, they recu- uh, recruit Thorstein and Lombi. Um, Lombi only agrees uh, if they won't go and uh, try to attack the Olisons afterwards. He's like, "I, if if you leave them in peace, then um, I will go with you. Um, and it does end up being ten men in all. Yeah. Um, but we then get... Um, I think this is the descriptions when they're going to attack Helgi. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his, like, servants sees them and reports. Um, and there's there's a lot of great uh, descriptions here, but I want to specifically read the one uh, for Bully, because I read this and I was like, this is just fucking Griffith from Berserk. <laughs> um next to him sat a man in a gilded saddle he was wearing a tunic of red scarlet and a gold ring on his hand about his head was fastened a band of gold embroidered cloth the man had fair hair falling in waves down his shoulders he was also fair complexioned with a bent nose somewhat turned up at the end handsome eyes blue and piercing with (coughs) restless and restless a wide forehead and full cheeks his hair hung down in the front and was clipped at the eyebrows, and he was well-built uh, at the shoulders and broad across the chest. His hands were well-formed, his arms strong, and his entire bearing refined. I must say in conclusion that no other man uh, have I seen so valiant-looking in all respects. He was also a youthful man with hardly a hair on his face yet. He seemed to me as if he were burdened with sorrow. Um, I was just like... This is like a... Uh, such a like shoujo boy showing up suddenly.
1: um the thing i like about this is the way this all kicks off is the whole murder squad rolls up on like this the servant farmer right and it's like yeah uh and they're they're trying to look casual in that they're like wearing like kind of low-key clothes murder clothes if you will um the icelandic <laughs> equivalent of agent 47 rolling up to your house is like hey who lives here uh knowing full well who's there it's like oh it's my master it's like oh is, is he in we would love to treat with them if he's generous it's like oh yeah he's the most generous man in the world everyone loves him it's like well then we would like to you know share some of that generosity can you go get him it's like oh he's not here where is he oh you know he's over there okay we'll go we'll go seek him out and then right off and he's gonna be like shit they're asking a lot of questions they sound like the cops and then he immediately <laughs> comes and reports the physical descriptions of all 10 men and he just like nails them to the wall one after the other exactly who they are yeah but like Um, it's like at first he's like oh they've come to say hi why would they come why would they say they're just coming like travelers from afar looking for like refuge doesn't make sense they know me i know them um and as the numbers increase and the descriptions get more specific he's like oh no
0: (laughs) yeah but he's also getting he's like now wait a minute so two of those dudes helped me kill two of those other dudes dad
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so
0: I'm also trying to figure out why they're hanging out right now. I don't think they'll be getting um,
1: revenge, but that's the only thing that makes sense. <coughs> Shit
0: um so yeah he he knows what's what i I do also think it's funny that all the other descriptions again they're wearing like sort of more regular clothes yes, uh bully's just in the most extravagant wear, which we'll just find out. He just does this for the rest of his life. bully is the, uh, um, um, like bully
1: this. is the name the main character in the shot of an anime school,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um again i just imagine it being like when you see griffith and they just see like all the other people in the yeah. the uh what is it the order of the hawk or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> and he's just like so much more like gleaming and pretty um it's great um but yeah so i hope he's aware that men's coming uh, he sends out women dressed in drag basically to, to go to the main house so that they'll think that he's fleeing and it will buy time. Um, while this is happening, uh, a guy named Hopper shows up and he's like, I'm named after killer Hopper. Um, this is kind of weird cause he doesn't talk about any lineage connected to it. He's just like, I'm named after that guy. Uh, and just like that guy, I, I fucking love murder. I love killing people. I love causing trouble. Um, I I would love to join in this assault. Um and it'll be great because uh even if they know you all, they're not going to be looking for me in the back. Um I love this section cuz I just love the random ghost coming back, but it's also funny because you think it again that it's setting something up where like he'll do the final blow because they don't know he's there or something. Uh he's about to just like charge headfirst and immediately get owned.
1: <laughs> yeah. how <Helgi>, he <Helgi laughs> um, just kills him.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, there's a a random mention when he's dying of Raynard, uh, the the French fox. Mm. Um, there's like a French fox trickster character from around this time. Okay. Um, we might at some point read the so Rav's Saga is like uh seems to be an adaptation of some of those stories. Um, so, but here we get it specifically with the French name and not the the um, act, like the Icelandic equivalent, which I thought was weird. Um. Anyway, uh, they do charge because uh everybody sees the the women fleeing, but Thor Laker has very keen eyes and immediately IDs. Uh, those seem to be women. Um, and so they they go and attack. It's like a a shielding, like a, you know, where you'd be keeping sheep and staying yeah. up there. Um, the there's a lot of description of this assault. They like break the roof beam. The, um,
1: the thing I like about this is they're like well are they all in there like are we are we just like tilting at windmills or whatever and so uh thorstein gets close to it and uh gets jabbed with the spear and is like ah there must be men in there <laughs> with yeah. like a like like they, they like cleaves through his helmet and he's like bleeding down his face um
0: <laughs> this part is great because it, it does feel the most like you've just entered a western yes um yes. and like there's just like little quips and things happening yeah uh, it's fantastic um I was reading this and I was like, I can see why, um, the Ravenflies, the like, uh, movie that's trying to do saga stuff mm-hmm. basically just did like a spaghetti Western. Oh, that sounds I totally sick. totally feel it here. Um, we should watch that at some point. Uh, I think it actually pulls a lot from this saga cause there's stuff with like Ireland and things in there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, eventually they kill Helgi, uh, uh specifically well as, kills Helgi. yeah, um, and, uh, they also kill two outlaws who are, like, hiding there, mm-hmm. uh, one named Aylver and then the other named Thorgil's, but not Arthur Thorgills, but the second doesn't explain it for, a, for so for a second I was like, why did they suddenly turn on their own guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Uh, uh bully oh, also ahead. spares uh hearthbane who's helgi's son yes uh and helgi has another son who lives uh i thought this was funny at the farm england in Reykjavik yes <laughs> um it's exotic uh yeah
1: i love i love bully being like no, no no we agreed to do this above board no killing random people this is a this is yeah. very important to me uh what a fancy lad i'm glad that he makes good on all of this
0: <laughs> yeah um then they go and then report the killings. Um, the Olisons uh, basically beef with Lami. They're like, "What the fuck? Why did you like take part in this?" And he's just like, "I did it for you, you ungrateful shits! Like, <laughs> I made this whole thing where they're not gonna try and get revenge on you now." Yeah. Um. So we don't really get much more here, but they have a little spat here. Yeah. Uh, they get mad at each other about this.
1: Uh, this is also where um, Thorgil's gets his um fucking do of all this like oh time to get married she's like ah no
0: <laughs> sorry but no uh, he's like but oh
1: and yeah you didn't read the fried print on the oaths unfortunately yeah
0: let me reveal the grift to you <laughs> um it's great thor Gills gets fucked <laughs> yeah um so then uh that winter um Osvifer and Gester both passed away uh, pass away from illness um <laughs> and they're buried in the same grave this is like a weird little story mm. <laughs> um it like comes up that like they talked about how they would live closest together when they died or something mm-hmm. um but it's just a great little bit um then uh we get reaching the settlement with the sons of Helgi um so it's Thorgil's and Thorstein who who go and reach the settlement um, and Thorstein pays two thirds. Thorgil's. Oh, is... before
1: this happens, I do want to say there's a bit where Snorri, um, having heard all of this, um, just is like, ah, uh, the, the guy who fucking set all this up is like, ah, oh, Thorgil needs to learn to not be such a
0: doormat. Thing, bad things keep
1: happening to him because he won't stand up for himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Hold on, let me see. We do get a, a few great bits of poetry here as well, yes. um, but yeah, so we we have uh this reaching the settlement, um Thorstein pays two thirds and Thorgill's only one third um and Thorkill's is supposed to pay at the all thing um and while he's traveling there, he encounters numerous ill omens <laughs> <Yes>. um <laughs> uh, just like everybody's screaming like, "Get the fuck out of here, man." <laughs> Uh, The wildest being the cloak that speaks. Yes. Um, What on the wall it hangs, yet knows of wiles this hood. Uh, It will not dry again. I do not hide that it knows of two. Yeah. Um, But Yeah. Despite all these ill omens, um, he still goes to pay out the compensation uh, to Helgi's sons. And while he's doing it, uh, they sort of like ride out a little bit from the all thing area. Uh, He's. Suddenly killed by this man named uh, Eighth Giesel, um, who Thorgels had previously dispossessed of a Gothirth. Um, we don't really get many details of that story, but um, this part feels like slightly weird and disjointed. But... There's a bit here where they tell Snorri about it, and he's like, wait, wait, wait you,
1: you, that can't be right. Uh, Thorgels is definitely the guy <laughs> who did the killing, not the guy who was killed. He's like, tell that to his
0: head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, oh, well, damn, I yeah. guess fair enough.
0: Yeah. yeah, uh That can't have, or you can't have understood. Thorgil's will have done the slaying. The man replied. Still, it was his head that flew off his body. Yeah. Then perhaps the news is true. <laughs> <So> <laughs> then the very funny. next
1: line is: If you'd like more information about this, please seek out the saga of Thorgil's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, at this point, keller returns from Norway. Uh, marries lutheran Um, at the wedding, this. Fight breaks out because Thorkel finds out that Gluthrun has been sheltering a man um named Gunnar uh Thithron, yeah, Thithra, Bane. Um so like, you know, I think they say Slayer of, but the the literal root there is the same as like Bane. Um uh who he best he's like pledged to get revenge on. Mm-hmm. We just get a bunch of like things that there's backstory about, but that we never learned the backstory during this segment. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but then Snorri urges Thorkell to stand down and he does, um, their marriage grows. It says that like, you know, they, they have a marriage with lots of love. Um, and, uh, eventually Thorkell agrees to let, uh, Guthrun gift Gunnar, his ship and some supplies to voyage away. Uh, I think he goes to Norway as everybody does. um, we then get Thor, uh, Thor Laker, uh who's the bully's older brother, uh, going on a voyage to Norway. Uh, and he becomes a follower of... This is um, Saint Olivier, or King Olivier the Saint, who's the the King uh, Olivier after the, the previous guy. Okay, so
1: not the wrestling king.
0: Yeah, no, this is a different guy. This okay. is actually, if you look at the, the elf schedule, you'll kind of see the, the part where uh, Olasaga Trigvasoner, that is um the wrestling guy uh and then olasaga helga which is the longest of the sagas in there um like helga helgi meaning like saint here Mm -hmm. so um all
1: right i had extreme like you telling me that like the 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 son of like you know just the lineage of this guy showing up on his shores it's just like it's a fucking uh, mishima novel at this point (laughs) unfortunately not the same guy it would be very cool though
0: um Um, we'll get uh especially the the saga of uh this one the saint olivier mm -hmm. uh it's the longest and i think has some of the most interesting stuff Mm -hmm. um but uh both of the two like the two olivier sagas are really good um meanwhile uh bully gets married to the daughter of snorri uh thordis um and when Thorekir returns, uh, we don't learn too much of his trips to Norway. Um, but yeah, when he returns, they start plotting revenge against the Olesons.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> After everything that's happened, they're like, we should
0: still f- murder those guys.
1: Fuck this. Mm.
0: They're making their plans, and Snorri can like tell that they're up to something. And it's like, what's going on? Um, and they're like, eh, we're not going to tell you. It's nothing important. Um, and he's like... I promise to be chill. Like I'll be chill. Um, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna go kill those Olisons." Uh, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm not gonna be chill I about this." This is like you you a business deal industry. or some shit. I yeah. thought you were gonna like, get into fishmongering. <laughs> um, so he gets them to agree to arbitration. Uh, and they reach a settlement instead, where the Olisons have to pay compensation for their father bully's death. Um, after this, the two brothers go to Norway. Uh, they're hoping to meet up with, uh, St. Olivier, uh, but they land in Nithoros, which is, um, in the north and, uh, St. Olivier is staying in the south. Um, but winter is coming. Uh, so they decide rather than trying to travel, they're just going to like settle down here. Um, and I think it's very funny that like basically Bully claims a renown by, uh, just like being the guy at the bar who buys everyone a round of yes. drinks. Yes, and specifically also, bullies, like, I'm
1: not going to traipse through the winter looking for a king. I'll wait till he comes to me, and then proceeds yeah. to just like lavishly be a lord in town. Um, this guy, this fucking guy. It, it's like it should be the setup for a villain. Like he just, he just is like a guy who's throwing his weight around, and he's very ostentatious. But it turns out he like just comes into it because he goes off and has fucking magical adventures across the globe. <laughs>
0: yeah um but yeah so uh eventually um it seems like saint olivier's not gonna come north and so that spring they go south uh to meet with him um and bully's like i'm not gonna stick around here i i like have a place in mind um unclear exactly if what place he has uh but he does so he goes to to denmark for the uh, and stays there for the winter um and then goes onward and eventually arrives at constantinople where he joins the varangian guard yeah
1: he's basically gone to the edge of the world
0: Mm -hmm. it's incredible
1: i'm like where's the saga about this shit i want bully (laughs) world traveler
0: yeah strange man in a strange
1: land like where is this shit
0: i'll just see if there's a specific saga about uh because i know it's mentioned that he's like the first but there are a number of um icelanders who eventually become a part of the the mm-hmm. ranking guard um it's just so specifically
1: about like this is like a remote part of the uh, like the ancient world right um and watch someone like escape its gravity and end up on like the hustling like the bustling center of the world stage at that point is wild it's just so much
0: yeah it just feels infinite. It feels like you can do anything. Yeah, um, it is just wild too because so often these sagas feel really grounded. Yes, in like uh, everybody's just kind of stuck on this island together yeah. and like beefing with each other. Yeah, um, and then someone's like, "I'm going to go to Constantinople." <laughs> yeah,
1: this is this is the rogue Griffith shit right here.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it really is. Um, then. Uh, I think while they're... Is this while they're away when Thorkell has the dream about his beard spreading out over uh, Braithafia? Yes. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, it means that my domain will extend all over the region. Uh, and Glytherin's like, babe, I love you. I didn't tell you about this, but I had a dream about all of my future husband's deaths. Uh, all <laughs> of them have come true so far. Uh, yours, you're going to drown. Your dream means that you're going to drown. It's in my dream too. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, Despite this, Thorkell's like, well, I'm immediately going to get on a ship. (laughs) Um, Uh, This
1: begins the the part of this uh, hubristically gathering wood to build churches.
0: Yeah. Um, So he goes to Norway to get uh, timber to build a church. Um, It's described that he's like really exacting and, um, you know, very selective with like every piece of wood. Uh, he just wants like the best wood for the church. It's um, specifically he... there's a,
1: there's a great scene where the king wakes up early yeah. to go on his kingly constitutional and just sees this guy, the crack ass of dawn, before any of the carpenters are there, <laughs> just measuring beams atop the structure of this church. It's like, what are you doing there? I'm measuring beams. I'm getting I'm getting all of my measurements perfect so I can make the greatest church in all the land. And he's like, mm, I don't know if that's a good use of your time.
0: Yeah, um, and he's like, let me like. You cut like an uh two owls off of every beam. Yeah. Build like a smaller church than this one. Yeah. Cause you have to haul all this fucking wood to Iceland. It's still gonna be the biggest, finest church in and all and it of still
1: Iceland. won't even hold it won't hold like it it will like it could hold three times the population of your land. Like, why yeah. do this? And he's like, Well, I just got Minecraft brain. I just gotta build the
0: biggest fucking structure I can imagine. <laughs> um and he's like oh no king is gonna have a better church than me basically um and then uh king Oliver's like you're you're like an asshole what the fuck yeah (laughs) i'm just trying to give you some advice man um this specifically says
1: the king walked away and it was clear he disliked thorkel's disregard for his advice big fucking same
0: i feel the same way anytime someone doesn't listen to me (laughs) (laughs) um he also says some uh, a vaguely ominous thing about uh you'll never you'll never basically get to use that wood yeah uh, which is gonna come true so uh don't piss off kings and have them say ominous shit about you
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh piece of advice if you're in a saga um here's my question but,
1: why do they need to
0: tra- is there no trees you know i i don't genuinely know the answer to this like why are they traveling for so, wood we get descriptions here of forests. Um, Stuff got deforested pretty quick in Iceland. Um, Iceland is like a, a volcanic island yes. that formed fairly, like, within the history of the world mm-hmm. very recently. Um, they even talk about, so like, I a think,
1: lava plain in one of these sagas.
0: Yeah. And so uh, there were trees when people settled there. Mm-hmm. But, one, I don't think there were, like, big established trees. The, like, like, European hardwood
1: shit that's gone from this yeah. earth
0: now. <laughs> um. A lot of it was sort of smaller stuff. Yeah. Um, and so probably a lot of the stuff that got chopped down, uh, and again, it did just get completely deforested yeah. very early on in the, the settlement of Iceland. That's fair. Um, um, but yeah, a lot of it was probably used as like uh, wood for fires or just like building tables or, you know, mm-hmm. rather than like big structures do you ever do you ever
1: get into woodworking you you don't watch youtube never mind sometimes you get into word like youtube holes and sometimes they're about people making things out of wood and the constant refrain of guys who like really want to make rustic shit is like all the good wood's gone you like it's either in a protected forest that you can't cut down it would be unethical to cut down or you're paying hundreds of dollars for it all the wood that exists now that people are using fucking sucks all the old wood took too fast to grow and we cut it all down (laughs) Or it took too long to grow, so they just deforce it all. There's no good old wood anymore,
0: yeah, it's just like ridiculous um, to think about the the native species uh of Icelandic forest were uh rowan birch mm. and um poplar, okay. None of those are going to make that great of a building, yeah <laughs> uh you can make a really nice like uh birch chest yeah you know that you're gonna store things in (laughs) yeah um yeah um so anyway he gets a bunch of uh wood uh he sails home you're like oh no here it's coming uh and he lands fine and puts the timber into storage um then later he goes out to retrieve the timber by ferry. um and while he's out uh Thorkell is asked by his kinsman Thorstein uh to help him try to purchase land from this guy named uh Halldor or yeah from Halldor Olofsson. Uh we know this guy. This mm-hmm. is one of the sons of Olaf. Um meeting goes poorly. Uh there's numerous ill omens uh just like it's been building up. You're gonna die, dude. If well, Holder's feeling like, again. they
1: want my fucking land.
0: Uh, this is also yeah. the
1: most western shit in the world. Like, he sees him coming over the ridge, like, he's coming to buy the farm. If he starts, if he starts pushing, and he gets pushy, like, he's gonna try to force the issue by a uh, knife point, uh, he's got a guy behind him who's just, like, ready to axe him in the in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I love this um, shit. This is, this is absolutely, like, a, the you know, the railroad prospectors have come to buy the farms up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it's also great too or like why did you stop pushing and it's like did you not see the man with the axe above your head
1: <laughs> yeah i was literally uh watching mccade Ms. miller last uh week which is just about this
0: exact situation <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh there's all these ill omens um and let me let me there's the there's the part where um Thor, at all despite all of the suggestions of like don't sail right now like a, there's a giant storm going on uh he still decides to go out um he's like i and... intend to be
1: home by easter this is what uh piety will get you drowned trying yeah. to build your mega church
0: um and so uh thor stays just like crying uh you know goes back crying and is like you know he's doomed He he's dead um they they hear, like, a great roar of wind as well. And he says, there you can hear the roar of my kinsman Thorkell's killer. Sick. It's so um, sick. He's <laughs> being so dramatic. This um, is like me whenever I, like, my
1: family's out and I hear sirens. I'm like, oh, no, they got in a car accident. But in this case, it's true. Um, It's yeah. not just my anxiety brain talking.
0: <laughs> yep. Um. Oh, that really, like, changed... I used to have that anxiety brain and then I now live in Chicago where you just hear sirens constantly. Yeah, We don't get them that
1: often, but I just, I'm like, always like, oh, the most common place to get in a car accident is like a couple blocks from your home because you, you're asleep in the switch. Uh, you travel all the time. It's usually like in residential areas. Shit. What if it's, what if that's the thing? It's stupid. Just bad brain shit.
0: Um, yeah. But <laughs> I think that
1: like literally all the time <laughs> and it's never come true yet. So thank God I'm not in a saga.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um then uh so he drowns obviously <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the, the boat capsizes i assume people knew that where this was going but i'll just say it plainly uh <laughs> he drowns um the the next day uh Lutheran is headed to church um and sees multiple ghosts basically um i like the so there's one ghost standing before her that bends down towards her and says uh news of great moment glutheran and she says, "Then keep silent about it, you wretch." Yes, I uh,
1: highlighted this exact line because it's so good. She knows this. She yeah. knows what's up.
0: Yeah. And then it
1: goes to be like, "Ah, great tidings!" Like, shit. All right. <laughs> give me, um, give me like an seems... hour to drink my coffee and get ready for the day before you bring this on me.
0: Yeah, um, and then she sees what she thinks is Thorkell and her companions mm-hmm. uh, standing, but with like dripping dripping seawater from their clothing yes uh she goes in has her little service uh goes out to where she would expect them to be um and they're not there and she's like what you know and is all upset by this um and then finds out that he's dead um on easter sunday or no the saturday Saturday before easter sunday literally
1: like between good friday and easter uh all the news and the timber washes ashore that's how they found out
0: yeah um. Anyway, it talks about how she's great. She's a nun now. Um. <laughs> she's the most saintly of women, which does not match with any of the descriptions we've really had of them to this point. This
1: part's really funny to me because as we talked about before, my um my major framework for like ancient literature um is like Japanese stuff, and uh bad things happening to you, and then just joining like like becoming and shaving your head, and becoming a nun is such like a thorough like trope of these stories. So watching her do this, also, I'm like, God damn it! I you know it's bad.
0: <laughs> yeah um anyway four years later uh bully returns from norway uh he's just a, a very foppish lad he's he's gotten the nickname the elegant mm-hmm. bully the elegant um he's he's gotten gold inlaid into leg biter i'm like this is the most yeah.
1: ostentatious shit in the world
0: <laughs> uh just like everything that he could have gold added to he yes. has had gold added to. yes um then, uh, the following year, Snorri passes away, Bully takes over the farm as well as the Gothirth, um, and then we just get, like, little, uh, bits of, like, descendants and stuff here, um, mm. I think the the main thing here that's interesting is the, um, Bully goes to Gothirth once and says, Will you tell me something, Mother, that I'm curious to know? Which man did you love the most? Uh, and she says, Thorkettle was the most powerful of men and most outstanding chieftain, but none of them was more valiant and accomplished than Bully. Uh Thor was the wisest of these men and the most skilled in law. Uh Thorvaldir I make no mention. <laughs> um, and then Bully says, I understand clearly enough what you say of the qualities of each of her husbands, but you have yet to answer whom you love the most. Uh, you've no need to conceal it any longer. And then she says, you press me hard on this point, my son. Uh, if I wish to say this to anyone, you'd be the one I would choose. Though I treated him worst, I loved him best. Um, and then he says, that I believe, you say in all sincerity. Uh, so you get a little capper here on all of her relationships. Yeah.
1: Um, and then she lives to old age, where she's like a blind nun, and everyone loved her.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, also, we get a, a mention here of Pearl Krake, which we might uh get to later. Okay. Um, but um yeah, scuffing is uh lost. And we learned that it was taken from the burial mound of Hrolvir Kraki. So um I think he has an entire saga. Um So that's it for the saga. Do yeah. we want to do the tale right now or Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um So I have a little bit shorter here. But uh, we're going to get a bunch of new guys. Mm. Um, so, Bully has a kinsman named uh, Thorther. Uh, Thorther is being beset upon by this uh, annoying bull owned by this man named Thorilvir Stuckup. Uh, I'm going to keep calling him Stuck Stuckup and not just Thorovir because we get a lot of Thors here. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are inundated with Thors. Um, so, one day, uh, Thorther, who's Bully's kinsman, goes and kills the bull. In revenge, Stuck Stuckup kills Arthur's child and this is this, yes, is, this is the one, one i'm yes. just, just yeah. fucking
1: murders his child for no good reason other than people were being annoying yeah there's like you killed my bowl i'm gonna kill your kid now <laughs> this bull is uh, described like it's a dark souls boss like he's keeping yeah. like this like 15 foot bull that like drips ichor and smoke and ruins the countryside as it passes <laughs>
0: uh he wounded farm animals and could not be chased off yes. with stones he also damaged sacks of hay and did much other mischief yes <laughs> but it's like just a cow like you know yeah um, he's just but... like constantly rampaging and yes, yes. <laughs> um anyway uh then after After this, uh, he's going around trying to find help and everyone's like, no, that's a shitty thing to do. Like, you killed his, you killed his child, um, who's named Olivier." Mm -hmm. uh, there's a detail here. Um, eventually he kind of cons this man named Thorvaldur, uh, into helping him by having a fake conversation with himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just like a, a weird little, the, like, phrasing for it is so odd. Um because it keeps being like the man who is supposed to have been there replied. <laughs> um, after Christmas, uh, sort uh, goes to negotiate, um, to, uh, and has like, uh, Thorvaldur stuck up, taken under the protection of this man named Stari of Guth Um, there's this like thing with the inside of the shield being painted white and showing it to like, let him know when it's safe and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we basically get this little thing of them helping Thorilvier, uh stuck up, kind of try to escape. Um, meanwhile, Bully's preparing the case for the slaying of Olivier, uh, and goes to the Hegranes assembly. Um, and the the case is only successful because um, his friend Arner, um, and like Arner's men uh prevent Thorvaldir and Stari from like preventing you know stopping the case by force, which we, we saw people uh try as well in um Robin Kell saga. Um mm-hmm. so uh then uh Bully learns that Thorvaldir uh stuck up is trying to flee by boat and he goes and kills him. He's literally uh, like, like he's, he's a he's flight boarding. risk.
1: I need to get him before he gets yeah. across the border. <laughs> we gotta race to the Borgo yeah. pass. <laughs>
0: He's literally like carrying his sleeping sack onto the boat when he like comes and kills him. Yes, uh, with leg biter, all embroidered. Well, he's he's all, got uh, leg biter
1: and a, he's got a sword. He's got a sword strapped out and he's got a spear in one hand, all laid out with gold because this bully we're talking about.
0: Ridiculous. Oh, no. I think there's the detail that he carries a lance. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, which is like a, a weird thing to have. That's from when he was yeah, in the. Verdict yeah. And the, and
1: the other um, saga is like, this is in the niche. Yeah. This is the, this is the foreign way to openly
0: carry a lance in one hand. <laughs> um, then later bully goes and travels to see Arnor. Um, while he's in the area, uh, and his brothers go out to try to attack him. We get like various things of him stopping, but this is the main point. Um, But they give up when they see that he has a uh, superior force. Um, Then Bully and his companions go to see a farmer named Helgi. um, And he is just being a little shit about the fact that they uh, gave a little bit of his hay to their horses. Mm -hmm. I can see being, like, slightly worked up about it. But then Bully's like, look, I'll pay you, like, twice what it's worth. Like, you know... Um, Helgi's wife is like, if the man's like taking it, like it's probably fine. Just like he'll it'll work out. But Helgi gets this whole thing in his uh, you know, be in his bonnet, I guess, about this. Um and charges Bully with theft and vagrancy. Uh vagrancy because he's been traveling around, not at home. Yes. Um Bully then countercharges with slander and an attempt to take his property through treachery. Um and sends gifts in like in this moment to Helgi's wife, um, Sigrethir, for supporting him. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh and then Helgi's like, mm, maybe I've I've made a mess of things a little bit. Um <laughs> Bully then meets uh, Helgi's kinsman Thorstein, we have another Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Thorstein is basically uh pleading with Bully to drop the charges and the fact that this is being asked of him makes bully seem to like just dig in his heels even more he's just like y'all are annoying like (laughs) um so uh because also there's no mention of like and then we'll drop our charges or anything um anyway uh bully goes and sees another man and when he's traveling back uh they encounter this guy named otar um and he's giving all these gifts to bully being like let me befriend you i want to travel with you Um, As they're traveling, they are ambushed by Helgi and Thorstein uh, and some men. Um, Helgi's, like, instantly killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get him, like, hit so hard with the spear that he, like, flies and is, like, uh, the spear lodges into the water. Um, It's a great moment. They're, like, fighting on this, like, ice bridge that's formed, too. Yes. Um, Then, uh, more fighting's happening. Uh, Thorstein's pretty badly wounded but uh not like uh grievously he's not going to die from it um and otar has like run around ahead and goes and gets this man named leoter uh to come help break up the fighting and resolve the dispute um he comes the settlement's reached uh and bully wins renown from this um and sigrether gives helgi's cattle to to bully and some other stuff i think uh, and travels back with him. He arranges a match for her. Um, happily ever after no main characters die. Cause it's a tale. It's not a saga. We don't get whole life stories here. Um, and everyone's like, wow, what a fantastic, uh, tale of travel. And I'm like, this man went to Constantinople.
1: <laughs> I love this. Cause you get like the most worldly man anyone's ever known. And he's a fucking yeah. fancy lad with his gold, everything. <laughs> and his his thing here is to take someone else's problem and turn it into like an international incident uh as he rides (laughs) into like the sticks to like accost some hillbillies is basically what the story is (laughs) um yeah Literally the vibe is nobleman gets in scuffle with 78 farmers wins. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I kind of I I was remembering a little bit of what happened in this one and I was like oh we should just read that after the saga yeah. just cuz it'll be it'll be funnier than if we like gather some tales and and come back to them later on uh it's just so funny to immediately go from like same same week that we read about him going to Constantinople yeah you went
1: to Constantinople <laughs> my guy what are you doing out here <laughs> Traipsing in the woods and the ice getting revenge for some kid that was killed you already did it yeah. you're still uh everyone's like just go around just go around he's like no i'll ride back the way i came with my head held high causing problems nobody needs to have caused uh outrageous man
0: um i kind of love him though no i do too <laughs> it's
1: great this is perfect
0: uh so i said that's we finished lock stylus yeah yeah it was Um, really good i
1: uh i think i like this (laughs) this week's readings more than last week's where like the actual (laughs) things that are important happened. because we just have uh it just reminded me of the things i like about the genre of western despite not really caring that much about watching westerns i'm not a huge western fan i just love when some guys band together to like do a thing they believe is right even though everyone's like "Ah, are you sure about that yeah (laughs) There's just like a it's it specifically like I was when I read this I was like this is this is like the Magnificent Seven and, and I mean that specifically not in the way that it's like Seven Samurai. Um, yeah, no, the, it's
0: the, the, it's the, not at all Seven Samurai.
1: I was trying to explain to Jackson what the difference was, and to me it's like it's about the sense, even though it's not about this, that these people are on a mission from God. There's like an authority to their sense of justice that's not what Seven Samurai is about, but is what Magnificent Seven is about.
0: Yeah, yeah, Seven Samurai is like all about the. Like in a way that Magnificent Seven isn't really uh Seven Samurai is so much more concerned with like the, the loss of or like the, the death of like this role in society, this yes. class of people. Yes. that the like samurai is on its way out. Um any like there's always a little bit of that, that around the cowboy, but not in the same
1: no way and there is like a a inherited religiosity to cowboy stuff right it's about yeah. the idea that they live in a moral world governed by a, a god that meets out vengeance right it's all protestant nonsense all the way down yeah <laughs> um and it's just funny to see that replicated here
0: yeah um i do think that that westerns are sometimes a good comparison for because you also get this idea of um like this land for the taking, although, mm-hmm. uh, in, with, in Iceland's history, it's a little bit less. Yes. <laughs> like, that's something I don't
1: like about Westerns. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: technically there were maybe some Irish monks here who kind of got either, uh, just continue to live here or maybe got driven off. But, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a very different vibe than like a, uh, indigenous people. Yes. Um, so, um, but yeah, you you definitely do get a little bit of it and similar vibes. Also, some ghosts um, show up. Ghosts are sick.
1: Is that yeah. is is that other guy? Is Killer Hop a ghost too? Is he like a weird like force echo of Killer Hop still running around? Who knows? He's yeah. in there for like three pages. Or not even three,
0: three paragraphs. <laughs> the fact that he like uh, doesn't have any, he doesn't talk about his lineage. He doesn't yeah. say I'm named after my grandfather or something. Yeah. Uh, does just give it more of a ghostly feeling um
1: it's just like this one specter of violence showed back up and he was like he's already been dead for generations so he couldn't do shit yeah (laughs) back in your grave ghost
0: yeah just immediately get owned um these like these chapters as well as last week are all great um this is this is maybe my favorite saga um like Nyala's up there as well. There's a few other sagas that uh, I think fondly of, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, this one just has like such a good mix of content for me. Yeah, um, of
1: all the ones we've read so far, clearly at the top.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's it's definitely my favorite of these ones that are like. A sensibly about the people of a region because mm-hmm. uh, those can sort of get a little bit like weird and unwieldy with their ensemble cast yeah. um in the way that ones that are a little bit more tied to a specific guy can also tend towards that but mm-hmm. um they have like a clearer focus mm-hmm. um and i think some of it is that you you see like maybe a start of that uh trend emerging here when they were writing this in that like it does focus a lot on lutheran um yeah she is sort of the main focal character at least, um if not like the outright protagonist, so yeah, um which is also one of the I know we talked about some of the themes going on here, um but the other one, which I actually thought about last time I forgot to bring up, uh also tying into you know seven samurai and all of that um i I actually most of the reading that I've done about like this concept comes from uh like literary and film critique from japan um because wow. it, it has to deal with like the japanese mother but i think it holds true for like the way that mothers are depicted here as well um and it makes sense because the the way that this idea of the japanese mother what i'm about to talk about is specifically around like arranged marriages mm-hmm. um one of the like things that ties to this idea in japan of like the collapse of like japanese motherhood is like arranged marriages disappearing and things like that. Um, The modern woman, you know, Mm -hmm. destroying the traditional uh, mother. But it's this idea of like within an arranged marriage, um, the mother like takes on this certain primacy as the person who like, she didn't have that much say. And we see in this like saga, sometimes they have more say sometimes they have less say and when they have more say the the marriage seems to go better yes um universally that is the depiction (laughs) but like especially if they don't have any say in the marriage um they may often be disappointed in their husband but they don't have a lot of opportunity to unless they can figure out a way for divorce which i think one of the things uh in the sagas is that divorce does like slightly lessen how how prominent this becomes um But also, I feel like divorce becomes less common when we get into more of the Christian era stuff. That makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, But uh, because of, like, the arranged marriage and the fact that it's still a time where, like, marriage is essentially, like, the man owning the woman, uh, she doesn't really have recourse if she is, like, disappointed in her husband. Mm -hmm. um, Except to, like, take that disappointment and then try to raise her sons to, like, take care of her in the way that the husband can. Yes. Uh, To like, to compensate for the failures of the husband. Mm. And so you get so much of that happening throughout the saga of like, I'm disappointed in the husband for not doing this. And so I'm going to like, try to raise up the sons to, and like, in that process, I am instilling like, uh, you know, a lot of the the criticism with Japanese film is like, fascism gets instilled in this process by mothers teaching their kids to like, you know, be good soldiers or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, I think you get some of that too, of like this, like teaching of masculinity and what it means to be a man happening by the mother. Who's like, you need to get revenge against this guy for this reason. Yeah. Um, and you, my sons, I'm going to take you out and see the bloody clothes or whatever. So, um, um, I think it is interesting too because this is a we're gonna see a lot of tropes of the the woman who presses the man to do something, um, and I think this is one of the most like it is really digging into some of that and like observing different stories of it and uh, having those women as more of a focal character. Um, so I th- I also thought it'd be fun to read this earlier so that we can kind of get a little bit more of a. Um, interesting depiction of that before we get into some where it's just like oh women they're such a stick in the mud (laughs) yeah um which this saga avoids and i think like robin saga can kind of tend towards yeah Um, i mean even when uh,
1: Vuthrin was like extremely in the wrong um which was like last week you're like why are you why are you like this um it's like aware of the sympathy like the tensions and sympathies that draw her into that position and by the end of it like this stuff i found much more like yeah, I I like that she lived a long life and was kind of sad about all her dead husbands, but like raised a fine son, and it's all like considered a good life led. Um, yeah, in the wash.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a great saga. I'm I'm holding the my book is like I taped it back together. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, your book your book <laughs> suffered a fatal mishap. It was compromised <laughs> yeah. to a permanent end. So it was, it was already getting like, cause I've read, uh, some of the sagas in this many times now. Um, I mean, not like three or four times. Yeah. Um, and so the spine was already like kind of starting to crack. Um, and I was literally that day looking at it being like, ah, oh, I should try and get some like, uh, archival glue or like tape or something to like fix this book up. Um, and then my cat pushed it off the counter and it broke in half. <laughs> Just two like entirely separate halves. This is so. this is
1: where you look upon the book and go, I wonder what that means. And it means you're about <laughs> to die. I'm sorry. I hate to tell you. This is one of those omens you can't come back from.
0: Yeah. Uh and so I, I did tape it I was trying to just read the half that had what, what we needed to read. Um and it was mostly working except like holding a book where one of your hands is just holding like a page, yeah, not a cover. Uh, it turns out to be a really bad experience. Yes. So um, I taped it back together in order to finish the reading. And I, I just ordered another copy because yeah. we're going to read more from this. I don't want to just keep dealing with this. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have too much else. No. I mean, you know,
1: we read this. We, we did it. We read the saga. It was really good. Um, yeah. Are there are there like adaptations of the i would love to watch a movie of this shit i think it's cool
0: yeah um so one thing there there might be and we can look into see like um i think santo mentioned one that was like kind of based on a saga uh-huh. um i feel like a lot of stuff from iceland uh so the saga like basically for a lot of Icelandic history, the, the only form of art or the, the dominant form of art outside of like, uh, carvings and like, you know, textile art kind of stuff was literature. Um, the, there wasn't a ton of music. Uh, there's like a couple styles. Um, rimir's is basically just like, uh, slightly musical style of reciting poetry. And then like, uh, Sanger is like a very old form of, uh, kind of harmonizing, um, I don't know enough about music to fully explain what t is, but like um people can actually look it up and listen to it. It has this distinctive sound, but it's like very old um so uh yeah, literature's been like held up as like the dominant art form for a really long time, and I feel like there's a lot of um there's a lot of like veneration of it, where uh, there's this director that I like, Frederick Thor Frederickson. Um, I think it's interesting that like he even felt his name, his like a need to put himself into conversation with uh, the sagas by doing a film called Burning Niall Saga, which means Burning Niall Saga, where uh, it is just him taking a copy of Niall Saga and lighting it on fire, and you just watch it burn down. <laughs> okay. Um, as this like statement. Um, Haldor Laxness, uh, I think, was very interested in the sagas, but also often had to push against like how much people are like, "Well, never going to do better than that." Like the sagas, those are the greatest things that have been ever been written in the Icelandic language. Why, why even try to outdo that? Um,
1: well, not with that attitude, so, you're not going to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and so he tried to to do things, uh, and and like Laxness tried to to challenge that, and I think now is held in like the same regard uh, in general in Iceland. Um, but actually when they were making the, when the Raven flies, uh, film, uh, they asked Loxness to work on the script and he was like, basically he like got up his own ass about like. Uh, art and stuff where he's like, oh, if you're adapting the sagas, you need to, like, do what the saga is for, for the Icelandic language, but for the medium of cinema. Uh, you have to, like, find ways to just, like, pare it down to the bare minimum, because, like, the, the language of sagas is very minimal. Uh, you need to, like, do all these things, and are like, that sounds really hard, and we already put a lot of money into this, so we're going to make a spaghetti western, and <laughs> exactly, we're not going to adapt. guy invented,
1: like, like <laughs> Dogma and 90- 5 or whatever, but for... I do, yeah.
0: adapting the sagas only <laughs> um yeah basically uh so yeah they just made a fun spaghetti western and it's not like adapting any specific saga okay um, just
1: has saga but, energy
0: yeah That's um and yeah it and especially has i think we'd have a lot of fun with it because it especially has this we gather seven guys to go uh to go like kill somebody. Yeah. Um so it's actually a, sometimes
1: uh, you know suing for money at the all things is not what you're going for.
0: Yeah. Um it's actually a yojimbo. Uh it's a uh this guy shows up and it says that his name is Guestir, uh which just means I'm a guest. Oh, you mean you mean a
1: fistful of dollars?
0: Yeah, uh, basically a man with no name, and says I'm a guest, yeah. and is playing off of all of these like yeah. cultural norms around how you're supposed to treat a guest. Yes, um, in order to ingratiate himself to two blood brothers uh, who killed his family, and then uh, get this, he turns them against each other. This sounds and, sick and as and hell. Makes them fight each other. It's <laughs> great. I, I talked about this, I think, on an episode of Stairwells that you were on. Okay, um, it's the one where. Uh, so there's a part where he emerges in like, uh, actual period accurate leather armor, and then they shoot him with actual arrows. Oh, like, right. In the armor. Yes, I remember yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. Um, we should watch it at some point, but, um, well, we'll probably do that in the, the off season, like, quote unquote yeah, off season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can look into see if there's been any other attempts to adapt stuff yeah i, was just curious, I think it's just cause... the thing where people are are nervous about it so
1: mm. yeah i just i'm like man this i feel like these would make great like like a tv mini series or whatever you know
0: you don't need a big yeah. budget
1: you just need some guys in a field like it's not that hard
0: yeah i'm sure there's like some hbo viking show or something that's
1: i i specifically that's want not it what, produced yeah. in iceland yes i need <laughs> yeah i need it with want. the budget of european television production
0: thank you um there is a a Loxness book that is trying to do like he's basically writing a saga but um it's all like extremely veiled uh references and jokes to like Cold War stuff. Okay. Um in a way where that. I was reading it and I was like I feel like I just need to be in Iceland during the Cold War to like fully unpack everything that yes. he's talking about because it's like so of a moment. Yeah. Um but it's an interesting read um and then the one that I would be more interested in is uh trying to tackle on the podcast, at least earlier, would be Iceland's Bell, which is not in the saga style, but is about um Arnie Magnuson, who's uh an Icelander who did a lot of work trying to preserve uh the sagas, and then uh through his own actions ended up getting a lot of them burned. Okay. <laughs> so um, like
1: like the government decides to burn them burned or he smoked too much pipe weed around his books burned.
0: Um there was a lot of so he basically gathered a bunch of them into uh this li- this famous library in Copenhagen that then lit on fire. <laughs> so, there you go. Um sure. and it's like a, a fictionalized version of it. Um and I think it is what I think is interesting about it is I think it's trying to talk about um like Arnie Magnuson was doing a lot of this under this idea that the saga is like, uh, Icelandic cultural property. Um, it was this like big start to the Icelandic national movement to get independence from, uh, Denmark. Um, and then Loxness is writing about that at the time that like Iceland has basically just gotten independence from Denmark. Um, and I think trying to narrativize that story to be like, let's be careful about how we go about things. Um, now that we actually have independence so okay um but i think it would be a fun read um but next we're going to be reading brennan saga burning nals uh nial saga also just called Njal saga um also this is one of the few ones that uh is honored with a nickname uh, and is just called Njála often in iceland um and the one that we are reading is the Woodsworth Classics of World Literature one. I think this has been released by a couple other people, but the the uh, easily accessible uh, one that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg is the Woodsworth Classic publishing of it. Cause it was originally published by somebody else, like hardcover, I think. Okay. Um, and this is a an slightly older translation um, than... The Penguin Classics one, but only by a couple years, um, and they did talk to the guy who did the Penguin Classics translation. Oh, huh, so, okay. Um, I've read the Penguin Classics one more times, um, and I read this one, and I thought uh, I like the the way that uh, the poetry's especially translated better. Um, Liam Hollander, I think, is really good at capturing like the the actual rhythm and sounds of uh, old Norse poetry. So, um. And we will get a couple of those, not a ton, but a little bit. Um, so some of it is I just want to read this one again rather than the one that I've already read like three or four times. <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough. Um, but people can read either. If if people have the Penguin Classics one, you don't need to run out and get this one. Yeah,
1: I mean, that, I that, generally I feel like people could just read whatever if they want to read along. I'm not. We're not too precious about it. We're not doing a ton of quoting.
0: Yeah, um, we just like to give the. There are some cases where you might have like slightly different chapter numbers, um, so I might look and see if there there are cases where that's different. But yeah, um, this could be one where it's slightly different. Um, I think that's it, though.
1: Yeah, we can uh, call it. Um, we're back next week. Yes, yes, we are. Yep so uh Mm -hmm. look forward to that we'll be starting uh like you said y'all saga and other than that we're here every wednesday Wednesday night thursday we're recording on wednesday night this is technically a thursday (laughs) podcast Um, i mean
0: technically it comes out wednesday nights usually because we record it and then you immediately edit
1: my thing is that i always i personally like releasing podcasts the night before back when i uh I would load up my pod back in the iPod days. I would load up my podcast in the morning before I left for work. So making sure the podcast drops before people are leaving for the day. Uh, just an old holdout thing for me. I also picked it up from giant Bombcast, which always came out early. Um, yeah. I just believe in it. Give people the pods a little early. Then you can plug after people listen. They're excited. Or I don't know. Probably doesn't mean anything, but this is where we're at. Um, tell your friends if you like this, please uh, share it around. Um Yeah. I think that's um, it. Uh, plugs?
0: Um, I guess I can go first. People can follow me at Fox Momnia on Twitter and co-host. I have uh, pinned posts on both of those that link to uh, all of my podcasts. So in addition to this one, I do Ornate Stairwells, which is a movie podcast that you've guested on a couple times. Yeah. Um, I guess three times now. Because you had that one where we randomly called you up. Um,
1: Wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right
0: yeah uh
1: um, that was not the one i forgot of the three i'll be honest with you
0: <laughs> which is the one that you forgot the dinner Cure episode. or okay yeah not because um, i didn't
1: enjoy it just i was like oh it was on just recently and then i was on for cure
0: um, yeah um then there's uh ghost divers which is an anime podcast yeah. Uh, I continue to be very anime brained right now. I finished watching Licorice Recoil. I started watching G Gundam basically immediately after. Um How's that
1: doing for you?
0: Uh, I'm four episodes in. Okay. Um I think it's well, let me th- I I always am like I think it's like this compared to other Gundam that I've seen, and I always just erase seed from my brain. So it's like it might be my least favorite Gundam, or, like, maybe... Like, it's around, like, '08 for me right now. Uh, and then I was like, oh, wait, Seed. Seed exists. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's not even close.
1: Like, everything else it is, doesn't... like, a reasonable show. Like, I might not like it, but there's, like, things in it. And then you get to see, it's like, what, is, what even is this? What is this object that's been presented to me? 50 episodes of garbage.
0: Yeah, Seed, Uh, I like, I sometimes just don't even think of it as Gundam. Because it despite the fact that it's the now second that I've watched... most
1: important Gundam that's the worst <laughs> fucked up thing about it
0: and now that I've watched uh like the original series and Zeta and I'm like halfway through double Zeta I'm like they also just like aesthetically rip off so much stuff but just yes. make it like early aughts vibes yes um and not it's... even
1: like here's the thing people talk a lot of shit about like uh like uh digipaint anime where anime was at in the early aughts they made like their transitions and production was weird um seed is especially egregious it doesn't every other show i've watched from the era around seed plus or minus three years kicks the shit out of seed in every way
0: yeah um i lost my mind at uh episode six of seed destiny Uh where they used the exact same animation for like two different maneuvers uh at least three times yeah in the same episode yep I'm like I understand we're using that animation, but you gotta you gotta wait an episode. <laughs> this we'll is, this like was like at the made very After of Seed the very was end.
1: incredibly popular. Like they knew they had a yeah. hit on their hands. They're making a second one, and they're still pulling the same <laughs> shit. I just don't. I don't understand. I do not get it.
0: Um. Anyway, um. I'm watching too much Gundam right now. But yeah, uh, I, I'll be honest. Been... I watch two
1: gu- two Gundams a week, and I'm like, that's too much fucking Gundam.
0: Yeah. G uh, Gundam has been fun. It's just right now. I like don't know where it's going. Yeah. Uh, so right now it's just the funny, like, Oh yeah. It's just here. Here's the uh, fight of the week mm-hmm. uh, with the new Neo, whatever country. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I just, we, we saw that map of uh, the countries in seed. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just laughing about, the the outcome of the Kavlavic base issue where Iceland just gets absorbed by uh America. Um this is just like a big hot button issue there. Um anyway. Uh Ghost Divers. I guess we're we're about to start talking about IBO. o i'm like I'm gonna be watching way too much fucking gun. I know. I'm like <laughs> This I'm... is why I need to finish double Zeta before we get to IBO. Yes. Um then, my other podcast is pondering Potan um it's a hangout uh podcast that weird comedy absurdist comedy sometimes yes um, that's true, and that's it. This I don't gone understand on how
1: long. much sports stuff shows up on that podcast uh
0: that's all Connor's influence I know
1: yeah, I'm aware um. <laughs> most recent episode ton of sports talk and then you both reveal you don't know a fucking thing about professional wrestling which i feel like is both of your senses of humor and like aesthetics in and you explain why i get it but i'm just yeah. aghast
0: yeah um i was slightly more surprised that that connor like never had a a wrestling phase um Yeah. Just, like, growing up in, like, Georgia and Florida, um, and just, like, all the times that he's talked to me about his childhood, I'm like, man, nobody was putting wrestling on the here's the,
1: if he, if he's, like, a little younger than us, right? hmm He's the part where, like, the idea of Southern wrestling as, like, a cultural institution is oppositional to the WWE has already failed. Um, it basically dies at WCW, and even WCW is not what you want, um, and uh, what's left is, like, a thing that's, like... Th- that's North Wrestling. Um, so I can yeah. understand the, like, general cultural tenor other than WWE is incredibly huge. It has been since the 80s, right? But um, at the point where Connor would have been a child. Uh, but I could see it missing them. You know? Just happens yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I was a WCW uh, kid, unfortunately. Um, always <laughs> a, a, out of step with the times. Um,
0: Yeah, just... For for me it was specifically just like my family being like Democrats and um all of that in a way that like there's this pressure of like, oh, that's not for us. We don't watch wrestling. Um <laughs> in a way that like as an adult I've examined more now. But yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, back then it was just sort of a given that um, you know, that was a thing for Republicans, unlike football, which my dad loved. So <laughs> it's
1: outrageous to me.
0: Yeah. Um, but the little the little subconscious things that you get as a kid yeah. little, like messages that get sent to you about what you're allowed to enjoy Um, anyway where can people find you
1: you can find me on twitter at em underscore being i'm not really posting coast right now um i'd love to get back to it but i'm trying to like trying to unfuck some of my relationship with online instead and so that just means i'm posting a lot less um not yeah. that you would know um <laughs> but i am trying it's just not working very well um you can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com we're about to do a repertory screenings on you've got mail which jackson watched today i think they liked it well enough which is good because they were the one i wasn't sure about um i'm just a real sucker for romantic comedies um and uh we haven't really covered many um i'm gonna yeah. try gonna have to try to get some uh those on uh blockbusters at some point kicking and screaming getting some movies on there that aren't just dude shit we made the <laughs> we made a whole list Both well, me and jackson have letterbox lists of all of the blockbusters films which is our five dollar podcast you get patreon com slash mapping for five dollars a month we watch we watch blockbuster films we just recently did an on treasure planet that most isn't about treasure planet because treasure planet's pretty thin um but it, it you know we rated them all um and it's just like dude central and i get it that's like what blockbuster film is in large part um but like we could do we could do we could do better on diverse science like miss congeniality is the one like movie for women that sticks out like a fucking sword thumb It's just a neon light in a sea of yeah. grim men standing in, in their posters um, <laughs> um uh,
0: i'm excited I, I i have uh you got you've got mail to watch uh and i was like oh I'll watch that tomorrow but no i'm i have to go to bed after we record and drive into the office yeah i'm watching it tomorrow
1: i bought the blu-ray because i've seen it a bunch of times but not in a long time so i'm just gonna buy it on blu-ray um and then next month for blockbusters uh we are watching titanic you're coming with us autumn's coming with us uh molly's coming with us it's gonna be a full fucking house for uh the biggest movie will that's not true we covered 10 commandments already the second biggest movie we'll ever cover for blockbusters
0: yeah did you see that uh that one like promo thing that called it a cult classic? Yes. I was like, this was
1: like the biggest fucking movie the year it came out. Uh yeah. <laughs> it was the it was the highest grossing film until like I think Avengers maybe was the one that on cd Yeah. Maybe it was Avatar, I guess. It could have been Avatar, I don't actually remember. <laughs> I try not just... to pay much attention to the box office aside from when we're doing podcast bits about the box office, because I think it genuinely yeah. just poisons your brain about cinema. Um But I'm really excited to revisit Titanic. I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember liking it quite a bit. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, We're the ones who
1: have seen it before. (laughs) The only ones. Yeah.
0: I'm excited to uh, rewatch it where I now have, like, a a better mental space to decouple it from it being the movie my mom really likes. Mm. Um, Because I have, like there are two ways that I think of it. And sometimes I think of it in relation to my mom. I'm like, I don't like that movie. And then other times I think about stuff that actually happens in that movie. And I'm like, that movie bangs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm excited to actually watch it and just like have the experience of watching it. Yeah. Um, so, uh,
1: anyway, I guess that's it. We do a game club. We're about to cover Ender Lily's quietest of the nights, which is a game I have a lot of opinions about. And most of them are kind of negative middling to negative. um, uh for listeners of this podcast i'll give you a little secret next month we're playing resident evil uh if you if you're in the discord don't don't post about that just be excited um yeah but um jackson's not uh, allowed me to announce this but i'm excited to do it we're gonna have a guest actually in fact maybe two that's up in the air um (laughs) but i'm really excited about that too um anyway that's it for me um like you said this podcast i said this podcast every thursday you did your plugs we're gonna read the All saga everyone knows i guess that's it yeah we did our due diligence yeah uh until next time we're out of the podcast
0: then we are out of the podcast
1: uno dos one two three